0: What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 223 of Spinning Thoughts. My guest this week is Guilt, and this is a band that is really on the rise. They recently have gone through some changes with a new vocalist. Now, Ash was behind the drums previous and then made the leap up to vocals. And what a change this is, not to say... That the iteration previous of Guilt wasn't spectacular, but there is just something new here. Something that is giving this band a a different kind of direction, and people really seem to love it. I know that I certainly do. So I invite Ash and Tyler from Guilt, and we're going to talk all about their brand new EP, in Windows through Mirrors, and this is a three-track EP with reimaginations of songs from their debut full-length and one new one. We dive in deep into this album. Who helped produce it? What the songs are like now with a reimagination and in all kinds of stuff. We also really dive deep into their 2022 plans, and wow, there seem to be a lot of them now. In true band fashion, Guilt can only tell us so much about what is going on this year because we're still early and announcements have yet to be dropped, but I think that Guilt gives a little bit of cryptic information here that some of you might be able to do something with. I don't know, but all you got to do is stay tuned To find out if you like this kind of content, make sure you give a like wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed as well on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Our guest last week was The Home Team. And our guest next week, I'm really excited for this guest. They've never been on the show before, and they had an album in 2020 that dropped that may have been my top album of that year. You'll just have to either go back and try to find that info or wait until we drop that news next week. Without any further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Ash and Tyler from Guilt. So I'm very excited to welcome my guests here today. I was telling them before we started taping that I I have a handwritten note somewhere here that I really, if I was thinking uh, proactively, I would have grabbed it to put it on the camera here. I I didn't. But I have a handwritten letter, notes, to get this band on Spinning Thoughts. It has finally happened. So I'm very excited to welcome both Ash and Tyler from Guilt Friends, welcome to Spinning Thoughts. Hi. Hello. It is so good to see you both. I uh, I I do appreciate the technology and and the industry really leaning into the zooming kind of stuff because it's allowed uh, entities and outlets like me to be able to talk to amazing artists like the both of you even in some crazy times. So welcome to the show. This this opening question is slightly long winded and I warned you both about that prior to starting. So um yeah. Yeah, everybody who listens to Spitting Thoughts should be ready for this. So guilt, please, I've got my
1: notepad.
0: <laughs> please. Um, guilt ended 2021 on such a strong note with the release of in windows through mirrors in November 2021 with physical releases supported through knife punch records, which I, I got to get Danny on the show. I'm working on that. And it, uh, in the States, they supported that hunk of plastic records in the U.K., The release housed three tracks rounding out around 10 minutes. The emotion and the flow is really intense yet soothing. Talk to me broadly. We're going to dive into deeper, more specific questions, but just talk to me broadly about what it's been like now that the release has been out in the wild for a few months. People have been able to really dive into it and show their love and support.
2: I think that it's been it's been wild kind of thinking about it we had like recorded re recorded the vocals with Hansel back in like August and we were already talking about you know doing we were talking about doing this EP of like March of last year yeah, it's it, a long time. yeah it was yeah. so we, we were already in talks of doing all this stuff and then when we re recorded the vocals and we were talking back and forth with Hansel like we had all listened to the songs like so much and then at a certain point we were like oh man like we were like okay on to the next thing But then when we put it out, it felt like that nice refresh of like hearing the songs again and hearing people's opinions on them. Um, It was really cool to see a lot of the reactions um, from our friends and then friends of our friends. And then just people are in our circles kind of just really taking in all three songs, being like, oh, Long Time Coming is my favorite or like. Uh, in windows is like it slaps or through mirrors, like actually made me contemplate my existence for a minute. And I was like, I'm sorry. Um, but like, it was just really cool to like get that like nice refresh on the songs.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, you can imagine the, what the, the first pandemic year that we spent completely like debating, is this a good move to to put Ash up front um, and completely change from like being known as the hardworking touring little scrappy punky band and switch to this like high fidelity production version of it and to go back and reattack some of the old songs instead of just like you know pretending like that phase was totally over and we're never talking about it again like we we were going back and forth about how it was going to go for a long time and like where people going to be like, boo, I missed the old thing? Like, I mean, our, our good friends are never going to say that. But like, you know, internally, are they going to think it? Are they just going to be like, yeah, this is 100% better, which was going to hurt my ego a little bit. <laughs> um, but we actually got a little bit of both. Like we had people who were like, I really liked what you were doing. I liked the punky thing, but it's because I like punky stuff. But I, And then they would give me, I've, I've had people give me whole paper, like dissertations on like, why it's respectable and commendable what we're doing like that the production value is really impressive even if it's not their taste but also like vice versa you know they'll be like i love ash ash is the shining star everyone else is an absolute like slug but like you know it's really cute how you were doing before like good on you for basically giving ash the layup to slam dunk this so it, it's been nice actually yeah,
0: it's, it's 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 been really nice you know <clears throat> what i've really enjoyed about guilt is not necessarily either version. It's seeing a band go through this evolution that's really been yeah. the most intriguing thing for me. It is kind of stunning, to be honest with you. Um, when I first listened to this release in November, I, this, I, you know, I don't know if this is going to ruin some of my credibility here a little bit, but I I did not know that, the, that two of these were reimaginations. And so it really wasn't until... <clears throat> I started doing a little bit of research and ramping up to try to get you onto the show. Then I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, these really are. And so I kind of did it backwards where I heard these versions first and then went backwards. And I don't know, my mind's been blown, really, with the entire evolution. And that's been so intriguing. Now, what I want to kind of dive into a little bit more here is... Wait, this... wait,
1: let me, let me save you on this before. Let yeah. Me because you you self-deprecated a bit I did let me tell you this my dad has gone to every single guilt show that like that are they're local he goes to he goes to all of our shows he's listened to all the music like every iteration of the band we've been together for like four or five years it's hard I don't know if we count Kobe years um when I showed him the new songs he was like I love the new songs and I was like you know that two of these are old songs and he said really (laughs) it's it is that different like even just the production you know just altering the sound of the kick drum altering the sounds of the guitars like stereo panning in different ways not just the vocals like it's fundamentally different for people who've been there the whole time so do not discredit yourself
0: Ah, geez i i appreciate you saying that and and you know it honesty i guess is the right way to go so um but seriously it has been impressive just the way that this has happened and hearing just the 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 dichotomy really between it is is just awesome. Now, what I really want to get into here is this jump uh with Ash coming from behind the kit to now being the the vocalist. and that's a big jump and, and obviously it's it's a rebranding almost of of the band. Why did this happen and and how has it like how's it going? I mean, obviously it's going great, but I mean, I, to hear it from the artist is always nice.
2: Um, so i think the, got hurt yeah I was gonna say, the first thing is that uh my first tour i did with guilt was in march of 2019 and i was drumming and that was like my first time going on the road and everything it was for a month and we went to mexico and everything it was really cool but around the time we were coming back from mexico um i had thrown out my shoulder it was
1: you pulled the ligament
2: and i pulled the ligament and it was completely wow. like bad i actually i went to the doctor and then Doctors never really gave me conclusive results because that's also like a lot of money to keep going back. But um, something with my rotator cuff was really off. And uh, basically, I, I just I, I really effed up my shoulder and we were trying to remedy that by like having Tyler do drums i
1: was drumming and and singing singing. wow
2: (laughs) and i was just i was like writhing in pain in the corner as on as much like pain medication and tiger bomb all over my shoulder to try to um and then we were like okay well like my shoulder is kind of being managed the pain is manageable so like what can we do like to try to like get me back into the set and um basically i would front a few songs of the set Um, and we would kind of, I would like switch back and forth between, um, Mm -hmm. Tyler and everything. And then I guess in that moment, it was kind of like, oh, Ash is like, this is the thing that they like to do. They like to
1: perform. I don't care that you like it. You're just better than me. (laughs) I mean, it's just, just hands down. And people would tell us, people would be like, holy shit. Did you know Ash can sing? And I was like, I didn't. I thought they were a drummer.
2: Yeah. I I really, Ash, did you know you could sing? I, well, the thing is, is that I, I, I I don't want to be like, idea did, but I do like, a, I did like a lot of theater and that's like my background and everything. I did a lot of, um, I never really got like super like classical training, but, um, in Me the neither if you can tell, if you, <laughs> 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 in the, in the in the theater classes I took, um, there was like a lot of like singing classes and I, oh my God, my voice, whoop. Don't, don't count that. Um, there was a lot of singing classes and everything. And uh, I took up drums as kind of like I did Girls Rock Jacksonville, which was like a summer camp. And that's where I learned how to play the drums because I wanted to like I couldn't play guitar because my fingers just couldn't manage it. And also bass. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no offensive basses. I just can't do it. Um, and then uh, the drums, I was like, yeah, this is cool. So I really falsely advertised myself to guilt where I was like, drums, I love to do that. And uh, no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> it, it is so cool to just hear that background and how this all really kind of came about. Now, to, to get even deeper into this, I always like to talk to bands and artists that are on the show about their writing process, because it's an easy question, yes, but the answer really is different every time I ask it. I feel like the, the, the question and the answer in, in your scenario is just very, very different because... Two of these three tracks are reimaginations, but uh, Tyler, like you said, your father, like didn't even recognize that they were reimaginations. They, they truly are thematic, cinematic style, you know, like um, ebb and flow uh, kind of songs. Uh, I really want you to try to expand on what it was like to take existing songs and then reimagine them into the final product that we got. I mean, what what does that look like? Is is it a long period of time? Is it intense writing
1: sessions? Are there disagreements? Like, what what is it like? Um, okay, so i I can definitely say that some of this is like as much as I love the idea that like oh it's not one's better than the other. Their time had passed, right? So there is growth and when we went back and we talked to uh lee who recorded the uh the first record with us um because you know he obviously listened to the 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 new mixes and stuff and um he uh he was like this is cool you know it's interesting you chose to do this and i was like yeah what did we ask you for before And he's like you didn't ask me for anything like i asked you what you wanted the record to sound like and you were like i don't know like like us playing the the music like it, that was our first time in the studio and we had no concept of anything beyond like playing our instruments so we didn't walk in with an understanding of production therefore he's like yeah, yeah i mix it like a punk record so then by this time for all of 2020 i was just listening to music and learning about structure production rhythm like it, I was just studying the whole year. And so I think when we went into this thing with Hansel, which did, did you find Hansel on the internet? Is that where we,
2: well, I, I, we were talking about like, Oh, like who do we want to like do this with? Or like, who do you want to record this with? If we want to like, try to like, you know, try to take a different approach on these songs or something like that. And, I had seen Hansel on the internet on, on Twitter. So I mm. I shot Hansel a message and Hansel was like, actually, I heard Ignore It's Missing and y'all have been on my radar. So Hansel was like, Hansel had
1: a handwritten note. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hansel had a handwritten note. It was like, ooh, yeah, let me get with guilt. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we were we were like talking about it in a meeting. We were like, oh, because like we also saw that Hansel um, did Pink Shift's record. Yeah. And we were like, that was like, phenomenal so we were like we wanted to like hit them up yeah and i think
1: nightlife had just dropped
2: oh nightlife well <laughs> i actually got an exclusive hearing of nightlife before it dropped oh, and that you're... was around that okay. time and i was like y'all we need to work with Hansel. so
1: yeah. yeah no so i mean that's so it's like there was time spent growing as us individuals separate from the people we ended up working with because as soon as we got with hansel like we showed up in baltimore and hansel was just like can you just let me do the Hansel thing? Like just <laughs> let me steer the ship. And I think like look, looking at me directly because I, I am a little bit possessive of my creative processes and I think everyone knows that. And Hansel's like, would you rather we go full tilt and see how it goes and then we can always pair it back or do you want to play it safe and you'll never know what it could be on the full, you know, other end of the spectrum. And I was like, do what you need to do. Go full Disney princess. Let's get it. <laughs> and Hansel had Ash doing an entire logic program, like file of just pa- vocal padding, vocal layers, harmony layers to the point where it maxed out the program. This, you know, this wasn't know—this was mixing the instruments. This was just vocal stuff. And it was just like, immediate trial and error so like to answer the question uh, um lots of study beforehand consciously choosing who we were working with but then once we were working with them all the decisions were organic and immediate there was not like a writing process with hansel it was just like we showed up knowing what we wanted which was different for us and we showed up to the person who could do the thing that we wanted and we just did it
0: yeah i i actually had a question dedicated almost surrounding Hansel because I am a fan of both what Hansel does with production and with nightlife so I uh, appreciate that you're reading my mind here and and gave that deep dive uh, let, let me even dive slightly deeper so working with Hansel uh, what's the best memory or best experience like what did Hansel do that that really maybe changed the dynamic of this release for you all
1: you go first this
2: yeah i was about to say this was like like i didn't know what to expect going into doing these recordings and um i was fully prepared for like you know what what i had to do to get to get it done and everything but uh the first day it was just like okay let's do some vocal warmups and everything and we did some vocal warmups and then hansel was like okay now like, give me your belt like what's your belt voice and i was like oh psh, i got this i know what my belt voice is and i did it, and Hansel's like Okay, let's let's try something else. And then I was like thinking in my head, I was like, Oh, I haven't even found my own belt voice yet. And so it was a bit of a process of the both of us trying to figure out where we what we can do with my voice in recording terms. And uh we came together with this, like uh this this like for the uh chorus of in Windows. That's basically where we found it, and we just kept going, doing different things, and there's some scream layers in there. And when I heard it all together, I was like. I was fully screaming some of these parts. And I was like, it sounds so, it was like, I was like, this sounds just like magic. Yeah, And that was lush. It was lush. And that's when it clicked in my head. I was like, it really was special to me to see like the behind the scenes process of all the layers that we put in. And Hansel was like, okay, like, let me do my Hansel magic. Let me just work (laughs) a little. And then it was just like, bam, it was just like, I was stunned and thrown, like thrown away. And I remember looking at Tyler, like, like little gremlin hands, like I will do this for every single guilt release now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had the same thing. I mean, similar with the instruments, like Hansel had me, um, a lot of the guitar stuff, because Lee is an absolute legend. It was able to be reamped because he kept all the original files. Um, but Hansel, um, at one point like grabbed an acoustic guitar and was like, all right, now just play the same chords and we're just gonna record over for this piece. And I was like, I don't really want an acoustic guitar here. And Hansel's like, you're not gonna hear it. And I was like, What? So why am I doing it? Because in my my brain, it's I you know, there's the there's the rhythm guitar and there's the lead guitar, and, and you want a good recording of each performance. And Hansel's like, No, you have to layer shit. And I was like, <laughs> like two layers for stereo panning. And Hansel's like, no, like layers on layers and um, I did that. And then Hansel had me grab a seven string and I was like, Oh, do I get to gent? And Hansel was like, no, like just play the same thing, but super low this time. And I was like, okay. And then I put headphones on and Hansel was mixing it in real time. And it just Hansel put it at a, like, like bottom, right low. And all of a sudden I couldn't hear the guitar anymore, but the sound was fuller. And I was just like, oh, and it just it, all of it made sense to me. And uh, it was, I think, I realized, I guess, like, what an expert Hansel is. And also, like, what that job really is. Because I've mixed stuff before. I mixed our SnipFest video. I, like, I took the levels and I moved them up and down. And I have all the audio <laughs> recording gear, you know, like, I, but, like, I, it's not the same as, you know, mixing, like, real, real understanding and production.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Uh,
0: everybody go check out Hans. I, I don't know, it was... Handle off the top of my head right now, but people will find Hansel
1: it. MP3 Hansel MP3 on Twitter.
2: Dot MP3.
0: Oh, sorry. Or MP3? Oh, yeah.
2: there we Thank go. I'll, I'll throw it up
0: on the screen in post production or whatever. That's my saving yeah. grace. I can always do that. So, and and Hansel will like post these like Logic videos on Twitter and just showing the magic, the the Hansel yeah. magic as you both have referred to. So, um yeah. love that in depth look. Thank you for that. Now, these lyrics. On this release are just extremely poetic, powerful, vivid, full of emotion. Uh, for people who maybe haven't listened to this yet, what would you say the message or theme is behind these songs? And I almost got to ask because I mean, they—you have a an opening track, a closing track from a full-length album, and then smashed in between a brand new track with a a new vocalist, you know, a member of the band yeah. coming in is there cohesion like what is the message what is the theme
1: i mean i don't think we get to say is there cohesion i think i think that's the critics job but like uh uh the intention i can tell you uh so ignore what's missing the record tackles a bunch of ideas and i think one of the criticisms that it justly gets is that it's kind of a spaghetti uh (laughs) there's just a lot there's a lot and it's not exactly linear um and that's fine um, at the time when we were making it and I was writing it, I was a spaghetti and I'm a little bit better now. I'm, I'm more of an elbow noodle now. Um, but I don't, the, I
0: don't, I don't know what the, the, the noodle references is. Is, is this a thing?
2: You know no. what? It's actually not, but it will be after this.
0: So <laughs>
2: I was, um, okay.
1: I, I, I like I to it. call things that are disorganized spaghetti. Um so anyhow. It makes sense. The the first the first track is definitely like okay, we're going to tackle some unaddressed problems here, whatever that, you know, might be, but like that's literally ignore what's missing, focus on what's not there is like um f- focusing on uh it's like being misguided about the things you're worrying about when there are things to be worried about. And then the closer track is like, I have, I am in the midst of doing the extremely painful personal growth, like you know, growing up, being an adult, and facing problems in a in a human way is is hard. Growing is hard. Um, so in the middle, uh, I I started writing that like quite some time ago. It was like, is it going to be a B side to the LP, or is it going to be the first song for the next LP? Um, But it was tackling what I think is the perfect middle ground of those two where it's kind of like smack on coming to terms with the fact that something has been building up. Uh, Literally, it was a long time coming, uh, but only from the start. That line is basically intended to be this thing was always going to culminate this way and I should have been prepared for it. So the, the overall arc is like, going through realizing there's a problem realizing there was always going to be a problem and then doing something about it that's that's my intention and if it comes across that way that's great
0: now the album art i find to be really intriguing there it doesn't seem and maybe uh, obviously you would know uh, i i it seems like a complete not even a uh, it's not a reimagination of the previous album that some of these tracks are pulled from so this this album art seems to be completely new i love the contrast of like the candle flames being a little bit like overexposed you know but then in the background you have this depth and darkness that the album art really does call to me and i think it's super reflective of the way the songs sound i'm sure that there's intention behind that give me some insight on this album art who was
1: involved things like that
2: so it was your friend annie
1: who we saw i worked at the same ice cream shop for over 10 years wow um it's
2: a lot of ice cream i have
1: served so much ice cream (laughs) the original owner's daughter was like a little kid um, when i first started there and i was going to school with uh her brother and now she's a grown up artist person and artist she's, person. she's really cool. She went to the fancy art school. Um, her mom, my old boss used to pull me aside and be like, you're an artist. Like, I don't, how do I talk to my kid? You know, cause the, the other two uh, siblings are like PC, like build a PC from scratch. And the other one's an engineer. And this one was an artist. And I was the art, the resident artist at the ice cream shop. <laughs> So I, I've known Annie for a long time. Is the point of the story. So we decided to make album art. So we were sitting around the table.
2: Yeah, and we'll, like we were deciding, we were like, do we want like art, like a like like, well, hold like, on, like fine art, fine art, or do we want like <laughs> like an actual like drawing or painting or something like that, um, or do we want like a photograph? Like what what kind of like style are we going for? And I was like, I want a photograph. I was like, I I love. Photograph art like um other covers. Just and crazy
1: because no metalcore band does that. <laughs>
2: I I know, and that's why I'm like I I. But the thing is, is a lot of like Midwest emo does that, like the yeah. famous American Football House or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like all yeah. that stuff. So I was like, I we were looking through like a whole bunch of pictures and everything. It was funny. It was a whole day where we were talking about the title. we we picked the
1: the name of the record and And the songs and the the album art
2: it was there was books there was laptops open it was a whole whole process and uh we were going across like a lot of photos we're trying to figure out what we liked and i think what spoke to me and annie's photo was uh the candelabra a lot like i i of course there's a little spooky little gothic kid i i love candelabras but also I've always wanted to incorporate that some way and the way that that is being held in the photo and uh just also the backdrop of the photo it's all like you said like it's it gives it depth and to me I was like this room is also just really interesting like I just also really like the room it's it's really cool so uh a lot of that was like kind of like it gave me a sense of like finding things in the photo each time I looked at it. So that was kind of my draw
1: to it. Yeah, no, the the way that you're saying that like, you felt like it communicated the songs, that's how we felt when we saw it. And that's how we decided on it because we were going through piles of content and we were like, oh, thematically this ties in or whatever. But then like I scrolled, I took a break to scroll Instagram and this was just a selfie that Annie had posted. This wasn't like a formal piece of art. Annie's an illustrator. And it was just there and I was like, guys, look at this. And it was done. We, yeah. we all unanimously agreed on it. Um, and we didn't edit the photo at all. Like all like, like you said, the effects of the the candle, all the coloration, that stuff was all just in there.
0: Yeah. That's really impressive. And then in one of the music videos the the exact one is escaping me right now there is ash you hold uh yeah, we, we, yeah,
1: we, we totally pulled that yeah
2: oh well that that, that so i still have that candelabra, and that was uh kind of, oh, kind of <laughs> yeah it, that was a very true because like we were like oh my god like so the whole thing i was like oh, i wanted the candelabra thing and Uh, I didn't really think about the fact that like finding a candelabra wasn't actually that easy. Like every store I went to, they were like, yeah, no, sorry. We have it online though. There was a store four hours from here and I was contemplating going to get it, but I was like, no, it's not worth it. So I had a candelabra, but it was like from Michael's from like Halloween's ago. And it had like spooky little, like corny, little cheesy cobwebs on it. That was so it was made out of wire that was made that out were of
1: very wire. hard to cut off. <laughs> so
2: we were the day of the music video. We were like, cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like, it'll be fine. If this is on there. And we were like, actually, no, this, this looks kind of cheesy. So we're like trying to make it look like a good candelabra. And, uh, the you other know thing, when you see a
1: good candelabra, <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, you see that real good candelabra in that store. You're like, Ooh, that's a, that's a mighty fine candelabra. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the thing, other thing I didn't account for was, uh, Candlesticks are not universal for every candelabra (laughs) holder so the candlesticks I got were like way too small for the holders and wouldn't stay in there the way we got duct tape and we melted the candle it, it was
0: a mess. Like, let this be a lesson to all of the people out there that listen and consume music. This is what your favorite bands are going
1: through, you know? Oh, yeah. That wasn't even the worst thing that happened at that video shoot. Oh yeah,
2: that was like, there was, there's bees.
1: Okay, so, okay, let's, let's, please. let's tell the story. please. Uh, <laughs> we were debating a place to shoot the video and right around the corner from my apartment is this massive field of these like, twice as tall as a human, like I guess shrubs that have these like beautiful flowers hanging over. And it's a great mixture of like beautifully floral. And also when they die on the inside, it's like spooky. The, yeah. some of the beginning shots of the video are there. Um, and I didn't know to whom the property belonged. It's in the middle of a plant nursery, but it's outside of their fence. And then it's just past a ditch next to a dentist office. So I went to the dentist office cause they were open and, and, uh, I was like, hey, does this belong to you? And the person was like, I don't know. I just work here. And I was like, well, have you ever seen anybody like mowing the grass? or do-? And, sh- and she was like, no. I was like, do you think it belongs to the nursery? And she's like, I've never seen anybody out there. And I was like, do you think that it's going to be like a problem if I shoot a video? And-, and she was like trying so hard to be like professional. She's like, oh, honey, nobody's going <laughs> to mind if you go shoot a video in the ditch. So the next day we brought everybody out there.
2: It was, it was like, we were all in your, and we were all in the van, the guilt van. Yeah. And like, you had to go park it because like, we, you know, we couldn't park it like in front of the yeah, it's not office. It's attached to a property. there was no parking lot. So Tyler's like, okay, I'm going to go park the van. So it was like, It was, like, me, Cole, the videographer, Cole's partner, my partner, and Tilly, we were all, like, going to go to the ditch and, like, okay, well, this is where, you know, Tyler said this this is going to be and everything. And as we're walking, we're, like, oh, that's a lot of, like, beehive homes?
1: No, there was was a beekeeper, like, like like a half a mile at the end of the thing, and they were, like, Tyler, (laughs) there's a beekeeper. And I said, weird, because I did. I, I went there the day before, and I walked around. And there was no bees and there was no beekeeper. <laughs> it was way and less than And I thought, half well, it's interesting that there's just a beekeeper there. And <laughs> I said, of, out of nowhere. As yeah. yeah as, just, as long as we don't go bother them, I'm sure it's fine. And yeah. realistically, if there's a beekeeper, that means these are like pollinating bees. They're not like wasps. You know, they're they're here to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as it turns out, pollinating bees will still fuck you up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ash, who was in the plants, was the only one who was fine. Everyone else started to be like, "Uh, huh. And (laughs) I was like, oh, did you just wash your hair? Maybe it's the smell, you know. And, uh, it was bad. Uh, I didn't get stung either just out of sheer luck. But then a couple days later at a completely different place, I did for the first time in my life. Were, um, so, probably, I'm assuming you're not allergic, hopefully, right? It was really funny. So um, <laughs> it was really funny. None of us knew who we were, but found out we're not. <laughs> I,
0: there's you got. There's only one way to really find out, I guess. Uh,
2: I guess there's. I, listen, I was in the. I was in the, the the tall like brush of flora and fauna. I was just you I were part there,
0: of the bees. And, you were part of yeah, nature. They they didn't. A, why would they I, mess with you? You were part of their their experience.
2: Exactly. They're like, oh, they're just one of us. It's fine. And so like, I'm just in there and I'm, and then all like, you know, watching
1: (laughs) everybody's run.
2: (laughs) Cole is like, Cole is like taking video of me and it's like, oh, what is, and I was like, what is going on? I just see everyone booking it and like, kind of like screaming almost. And I was like, is everything okay? That's
1: the real takeaway. If anybody is trying to do DIY art is uh, look for occupational hazards, Look like (laughs) natural hazards, it makes for really good
0: podcasting. I'll tell you that much. It makes
1: for greets. St- Imagine if we had had a really boring and okay time. Yeah, we showed up and we took some plant pictures and then we went home and everything was fine. We'd be done talking by
0: now. There'd be nothing to talk about.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Oh, this is great. Now,
0: look, because we are diving so deep into things, I am going to ask for a a, – I just want to touch on this topic briefly, and then we're going to dive into a few other plans that you have potentially for 2022. Uh, I mentioned, I think, off the air. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the air, so we'll figure it out. But the the first time that I really dove into guilt was your uh, performance at Snipfest 2021. I think it was February the sixth. Uh, just some really amazing artists, and and obviously, um, the the best thing about this is that it's meant to raise money and awareness for gender affirming legal name changes. And and then guilt puts it on. Like, I mean, come on. It's just. Very very cool. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, just quickly, what was it like? Uh, was this the first performance, Ash, with you on vocals? I believe it was. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Um,
1: yeah. No, it was. It was
0: full. Sp- yeah. So, what was it like to do that and and to just have this um, this snip fest to really lift up a community?
2: It what it felt. Amazing. It was really cool to be a part of the entire process. When mm-hmm. I jo- when I first joined guilt in 2018, um, uh, I was, you know, still so, so like a well, little I didn't really know anything about the band as much. I was still trying to get my feet in the water, but like they had already been planning snip fest for months before I joined. And it was like I think it was the first year. yeah you, you
1: joined us on the first Snipfest, fest, yeah. but you did you play it? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. It was
2: really cool to see the process and everything, and then yeah. it was over as over time, you know, as Gil has done snip uh, I think about every year except for twenty twenty. Yeah. The digital one was our um, third one. Yeah, the digital was our third one, and just to be a part of that one and to see also it was like you know it was digital so it was the first time doing it digitally and we were like we don't know you know what was going to be the turnout you know people were going to like be interested in everything and to see how many people were interested and loved it and it made doing it even like that much better because it was like we were still like happy doing it and just like loving the idea and the process of everything but the fact that so many people were like this was Amazing because it made me feel so good to just be a part of this too. It was like, oh, it was just back yeah. and forth. And so to have that, I think actually now that I'm thinking about it, we did do a Halloween cover set for MCR. Yeah. Like a few months before that.
1: But like it did, that was the first time with us doing originals. That
2: was the first time with us doing yeah. originals. But I think that was also because like I, I I bring that up because the MCR set I was doing some banter. And I uh, wasn't wasn't the greatest. I kept talking about George Michael for some reason. I don't <laughs> know why. So oh, <laughs> when I came to the Sniff Fest uh, stuff, I was like, you know, I, this was, it was really important to not talk about George Michael all the time, <laughs> but also to like talk about like the message and everything. I was still really nervous. And as much as I love performing, I'm still working out and learning about other parts and aspects of it. So uh, that was really like my first uh, take of like, you know, really trying to handle things with care.
0: And everything yeah. so and, and I gotta say that uh the performance at snipfest 2021 was truly in this um virtual performance world it was one of my favorites I just loved um I, I feel like you really bridged the gap that some people complain about with this environment of of performance that bands are just trying to you know engage fans with and, and to stay alive I I felt that you really bridged that gap it was performative it was powerful and I I really it was one of my favorite live stream performances that, that I saw last year so I, I have to throw that out there while the the taping is rolling so um, very you. very nice oh you're absolutely welcome now um, I do want to dive into as we still have a few minutes left in episode two uh, 223. Geez, I'm losing track at this point. Um, <laughs> Guilt seems to have, I mean, you finished 2021 strong, and it seems like you're not slowing down for 2022. There's so much. There's so much in 2022. <laughs> they haven't
1: <laughs> even announced half of it.
0: I know. And I know it's not going to be announced here right now. But uh, <laughs> what I am hoping for is I am aware of uh, an upcoming tour with Sarah and the Safe World, uh, World, Word, Sarah and the Safe Word. And uh, it, I also just realized that you are also supporting Mannequin Pussy on an upcoming yeah. run as well. So yeah. give so me February some ins- is
1: Mannequin Pussy March is there in the safe word uh, May were I am literally trying to book something right now.
0: Oh um, oh, tell me more. <laughs> just like uh,
1: we have some opportunities to do some stuff, and so we're gonna aim generally East Coasty.
0: Um, East Coasty, okay.
1: And then, uh, some some months after that, we're doing another tour. And then, like a month after that, we're doing another tour. Um, these wow. things we we do not speak of. Um, <laughs> but they are places we haven't been before, so that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Can I can I throw something out that maybe you can't answer? But I'm just gonna throw it out there. So I mean, you work with Queers to the Front, right? And yes. Maya. Now, Maya's manager, yeah, they are based in the UK, correct?
1: No, everyone thinks that because of her accent.
2: But they're I, based in Austria.
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: yeah I know.
1: Okay, so it, are there plans
0: to jump over the pond at all? I did say that we we're going somewhere we've never <laughs> been before. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. But you did. But <laughs> yes, you did. Well, you know what? We'll leave it at that. I think that that's uh, perfectly cryptic for what I was yeah. going for. Absolutely. Really, really,
1: um, all of Europe is still... Let's be real, taking COVID more seriously than America. Yep. So nobody's going anywhere if uh, things stay as they are. Maya was just telling us the other day that uh, she, she's she gone through her fourth lockdown. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, how psychologically difficult that is. And I was like, Florida almost had one.
0: That's right. You are in Florida. So I have a contributor in Florida, and she talks about the insanity this Yep. Uh, that's, that's probably the correct way of saying it. And then I also have two contributors in Canada. And so that contrast because Canada's taking this very seriously, just like the it UK is supposed here. to
1: play Pusafest this year and staying in touch with them. I cannot respect more, the decisions they made. I mean, I also really respect the way that the fest in Gainesville handled it of literally every event that has occurred since COVID has happened. Like, they were the ones that were messaging, mass messaging the bands and saying like, we know that Florida is going to do everything they can to just be the Wild West and to draw in the worst kind of people because they're like, oh, you know, I can do whatever I want here. It's on you to be responsible and tell your friends to do the the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because it's legally enforceable. And all those bands did it. Like all those people who showed up were like all vaccinated, it it was i don't know i i trust that room of like 500 people more than i trust a 20 person bar show you know pretty much at any like random dive a fest represents a,
0: the community quite well you know like in terms of um yes. the forward thinking the progressive nature of things uh, um holding people accountable but also keeping your fellow friend you know alive and safe and stuff so yeah no fest is the
1: like somebody falls down in the pit you pick them up type place versus some other you know elements of punk or hardcore where it's just like oh somebody fell down sick kick them you know (laughs) like it it's it's really nice to be living so close to
0: that so i know that so we're talking about some of these plans in in 2022 and it seems like a lot of touring's going on again Uh, uh, you know as much as we could talk about it. a lot it seems but we you know it's still <laughs> cryptic to to an extent but I, i'm also going to throw this out there i've talked to enough bands to know that usually with a lot of touring there there's music that's kind of encapsulated around this touring. What can you talk to? I mean, am I on anything there? Like, can you talk about other plans for 2022? I
2: want to so bad.
0: I
1: think the (laughs) the thing that we can definitely talk about is that we planned a full album um, for this year. Uh And we started to work on it last year. And because of the vinyl holdup... Basically, no record label is accepting kind of smallish new bands um, because they want when you put out a record to put out corresponding vinyl. Yep. Um, so the the people we talked to, and we talked to people all the way up and down the scope of record labels. Um, they were just like, yeah, maybe in 2023. And we were like, but we have to do something, you know? Um so we're definitely not putting out a record. Um, but we are definitely going to find a way to fill that time gap.
0: I feel like honestly, guilt is a band that can thrive in this in between uh, because of the performance value that really exists in the songs and in the corresponding music videos. you and in- you encapsulate this DIY um ethos quite well but it it seems like you you elevate it to a different level so i am looking forward to seeing what guilt does in 2022 and i hope that there is a lot of touring and i hope that there's um just a lot more creative avenues that we get to see with this band especially you know with ash just really kind of you know evolving in the vocalist role so um stay tuned i guess for more correct Yes. Yeah.
2: I'm really, I'm really happy Tyler answered that question because, um, oh my God, I'm just <laughs> antsy here. Well, you know, go ahead, Ash. Why don't you, why not you... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I did it again.
1: <laughs> okay. Ash has, has this habit. So this last tour we did was with this band called Amygdala. Um, Amygdala is a, a heavy, a proper heavy band, right? We're kind of an, in the middle, like we can play with soft bands. We can play with heavy bands. Amygdala is a proper heavy band. And so at the shows, um ash would be like yeah i really just want to like jump up on that rafter and like hang upside down whatever literally would say this and then the audience would be and this is literal somebody was like yes um whatever some band did that last week you can do it and Ash was just like
2: "Uh." i was like anyway so the next song Ash
1: Ash (laughs) makes these statements and then when people call their bluff they don't know what to do
2: i just yep so anyways i i did it again
0: (laughs) That's okay. At least you're consistent, and and there's value to that. I'm consistent. <laughs> so look, Ash Tyler, uh, we are rounding the corner here to the end of episode 223, and um, you know, it, it was written on a note. We we've talked about this. It's written on a note, and and uh, we're here, but now we're at the end. It's always sad for me, but we we we've got to put a bow on it. So, uh, friends, I just want to kind of give this opportunity here at the end of 223. Uh, of spinning thoughts to just kind of lay it out there. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners of spinning thoughts to your fans out there? Anything that, that I messed up that should be corrected on air?
2: Um, no, I, I, I think you, you got everything hella correct.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, I'm um, so
2: sorry for saying hello. <laughs> <It's not me.
1: laughs> that is not me. <laughs> we would have preferred you to curse. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you saying that we have, the, the DIY ethos down and that you think we can survive without putting out a record and touring. Um, we, we've we been together for a long time. We've had a bunch of different members. We toured the country twice on two different three song split tapes. Um, so if there are, you know, for real, if there are people like listening and trying to be like, oh, how do I do the band thing? You don't have to go to a fancy record label and put out a massive thing. I loved working with Hansel and making a massive thing, but that's the first time we've ever done it. And we got this far. It's 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 doable if you're scrappy and you just get in the van. uh, As long as there's not a pandemic, everything's going to work out.
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: It's that
0: simple, everybody. Start your band. As long as there's not a pandemic, you're good. Just,
2: (laughs) you know, just go out there and be like, actually, uh, no,
0: (laughs) not now. Ash, Tyler, thank you so much for being here for episode 223 of Spinning Thoughts.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
0: Once again, I want to thank Ash and Tyler from Gilt for being here for episode 223 of Spinning Thoughts. If you haven't already, go check out the new EP in Windows through Mirrors. It's available on all streaming platforms. And get excited for 2022. Because I think guilt is really going to make an impact and they absolutely need to be on your radar. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Make sure you give this podcast episode a like, a YouTube video, a like, a comment. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do it on YouTube, on whatever podcast platform you check this out. That really is the best way to say thank you to us here at Spinning Thoughts and to support what we do. All of this free music content from us to you, the best way you can thank us is tell a friend, hit the like button, share it with somebody whatever. We'll be here again, same time, same place next week. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love.